Ken Forrester, Executive Director at Momenta. Welcome to our Digital Thread Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momenta, they are deep industry operators. We hope you find these podcasts informative, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to episode 154 of our Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. Today, it is my distinct honor to welcome Cyril Perdike, Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of Rockwell Automation. Cyril joined Rockwell following a 25-year career with Schneider Electric where he most recently served as Executive Vice President, Internet of Things, and Digital Offers. He has an extensive career as a technology strategist, particularly for systems, software, network, and solutions businesses, bringing a passion for innovating and building teams, and a drive for implementing successful outcome base on effective change management. Cyril, welcome to our Digital Thread podcast today. Hello, Ken, and thanks for having me today. It's a great pleasure to be on this podcast. It's a great pleasure to have you, too. I know we've got a long history between us, and I was so excited to hear about you coming into this role and really looking forward to this podcast, and I know our listeners are as well. So let's rewind for a moment. I always like to ask this question, you know, about the digital thread, the thematic threads that define your digital industry journey. What would you consider to be your digital thread? Well, my experience in this industry might be a bit different from what a traditional CTO would have because I'm an engineer by training. I majored in innovation when I was in engineering school, but I started my career probably the first 10 years in sales and marketing. And not only in sales and marketing, but in sales and marketing and business development and strategy, mostly in China. So this has had a lot of influence to being rooted into real customer needs, understanding what is happening on the ground, connecting with the sales team, and also understanding the diversity of the business landscape, because I was in a, in a geography with China that is probably quite different and was very different at this time of the Western world and, and the situation of industrial automation as an emerging industry in an emerging or more than emerged country in China was extremely exciting to be at this time at this place. And I did this part going from really pure sales and marketing to go more to strategic developments, working on the strategy of different business in China before I became a CTO. When I became a CTO, as a reason, I think it was back in 2007, when I really became a CTO and that was my first job as a CTO, I became a CTO because the leaders that recruited me at this time wanted to have somebody that understands technology, but understands the business as well. And I joined this role at the time, Industrial Automation Industries, where we were really looking at bringing IT technologies to the factory floor. This was really the acceleration of this trend, enabling synergies between traditional industrial automation and information technology, and really reinventing the value proposal from a business that has been historically defined by hardware to a business defined by hardware and connectivity and gradually augmented very significantly with software coming from the IT space and services and driving the transformation of this industry with organic innovation that supports this process, but also because we were looking at bringing the best of IT technologies and also IT approach to using those technology, 
reinventing many of the aspects on how you define organic innovation and bringing outsiding innovation, work, starting to work with startups, with other companies, acquiring companies, integrating those companies that have a very different type of profile. After I did this cycle of transforming an industrial automation portfolio for one of the players in the industry, I really moved into the world of digital transformation. And the last seven or eight years before I joined Rockwell Automation have been really about moving to the next step of this journey, to really looking at the cloud, looking at AI, looking at IP connectivity, wireless connectivity. So looking at a lot of strongly developing technologies and defining how we can really reinvent customer experience, reinvent value proposal with that and create new different type of value for customers. So that has been really the three step of my journey, sales, marketing, strategy, business development, CTO in the traditional sense, and a strong focus on digital transformation for a portfolio that was much broader than industrial automation and learning from the different type of business and what specifically digital transformation means for all those different business, because they mean different things and they represent different opportunities. That's a great story. Usually we like to talk about many of our speakers as being really full stack, right? They start with that engineering experience, maybe at the hardware and work all the way up. What I love about your background or your thread as well is that you've got a breadth of perspectives across there, as you say, sales and marketing, strategy, business development, chief technology officer. And that gives you a really interesting platform from which to develop perspectives. You mentioned digital transformation, and forgive me because I think you might have answered this a little bit, but I want to go a little bit deeper on that because of your really great OT background. What does digital transformation truly mean to you, and what do you think it means to your customers? Yeah, I think I can answer in saying what it means and what it doesn't mean to me. I think it's really about creating value. There could be a tendency, because there are a lot of buzzwords and there are a lot of hype about different technology, to sometimes focus on creating fancy tools with cool technologies. And I think this is not what digital transformation should be. It should not be moving to one buzzword to another buzzword and creating better presentations that illustrate what those buzzwords are about. It's really, for me, about creating value. Having the opportunity with digital transformation to permanently reinvent the business where you are in. What I have always said to my teams over the years related to digital transformation is let's use a simple mental model. If we were reinventing from scratch our business today, let's forget any legacy, any history, but let's say we start today with a technology stack that is available, how will our business look like? How we will build it differently? Will our business model be different? And if there is an answer to that question that is fundamentally different to what we do today, let's do it before anybody else does it and before anybody else catch up the opportunity to create new value for customers. We should be the one in any given industry to leverage digital transformation, to reinvent our business for the sake of creating new, better value for our customers. And as a consequence of this, I don't think that digital transformation is just about technology innovation. For me, it's one of the three pillars. There should be, to succeed in digital transformation, simultaneous innovations in technology, of course, leveraging the right technology, consuming the right technology in the right context of your business, but also innovation in user experience, creating different type of user experience in the sense of the way people do things. We create solutions, we create tools in industries that are a very important part of our user workflow. 
we are not going to promote a solution that makes them have a workflow that is totally disruptive to what is the best practice in a given industry. So how do we create those user experience that are simultaneously transformational to the value that is created without being disruptive in what people know best how to do? And the third pillar of this element of innovation is business models. As we are looking at creating new values, Sometimes the traditional business model will work. Sometimes you need to look at inventing new business models. I think it's exactly in that context that we are moving more and more to an as-a-service business model in many dimensions. And it doesn't mean only software to me. But how do we move to a subscription business model? How do we move to annual recurring revenues for companies like ours? Because the nature of the value that is created, it's not just created at one point of time, like encapsulated into a product, but it's created over time because we are speaking about a service, because we are speaking about a subscription, because we are speaking about a software that is delivered as software as a service. And ultimately, not because we want to just change the business model, but because the value is created over time, the value should improve over time. So that's for me what triggers the emergence and the strong development of those type of business model. And you have found yourself at another great platform in life. I'd say your most ambitious role yet, taking on the role of Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer for Rockwell Automation. So tell us a bit about the company and what attracted you to this role. When I look at all the different players in industrial automation, so first of all, in my career, in my 25 years career, extremely big part of this has been around industrial automation and working with industrial customers across the uh, discrete hybrid and process industry altogether. When I look at Rockwell Automation, there are a certain number of key things that attracted me to that company. I think I will start by its focus. I think there is no better company in the industry that is really focused on industrial automation and information technologies. And for me, that's important. Every senior executive at Rockwell Automation wakes up every morning thinking about industrial automation and information technology, how to reinvent that space and how to create value for customers. I will say a second element, it's leadership. Rockwell Automation is known and recognized as a leader. Many innovation in these industries has been pioneered by Rockwell Automation. When many, many years ago, Rockwell Automation created the integrated architecture and then ultimately the connected enterprise. Um, Rockwell Automation, and I was at this time very well in contact through my tenure as the ODVA president in that context of redefining connectivity in the enterprise, leveraging IP technology. So this leadership over the years of Rockwell Automation really attracted me and the ability to be one of the companies that can reinvent the industry. I think Rockwell Automation is really in a unique position for this. And then ultimately, it's a matter of people. I met Blake Moret. I met a certain number of leaders of Rockwell Automation, some of them that I've known over the years, uh, met in different contexts and connected. And I love the leadership and I love the team. And I thought it was an excellent opportunity for me to continue that journey in this industry and help transform industrial automation and information technology for the benefit of our customers. So let's drill down on transform industrial automation. Many of us from the industry who know this space certainly know Rockwell has a deep heritage in it, but know this traditional kind of five-layer pyramid, right? Field control, supervisory planning, and management levels traditionally. How has this view of automation changed with Industry 4.0? And we're also hearing about 5.0 now at this point, or digital thread. And generally, people tend to think of the industrial OT as the virtualization of OT, as we call it. 
How is the industry changing with those concepts and how is this five-step pyramid changing in your mind? So maybe before we go to the pyramid and where we ended up to this pyramid, maybe let me replay some of the previous episodes. I think how we get where we are today and what for me this prepare as a next step. I mentioned about this idea of bringing IT technologies to the factory or the process, enabling really synergies, value creation between traditional historical industrial automation, control, and information technology. This is what really Rockwell Automation did with a connected enterprise. This helped move one step further, really go beyond purely information to insights. So not just informing, giving more data to people, but really information in context, insight, providing capabilities to customers that help them make informed decisions in context to reach their business goals. And we will come back certainly on those business goals because they also evolve over time. I think those insights that started as being very descriptive gradually move to be more predictive, to try to leverage more modern technology, analytics, some some years ago, the beginning of machine learning, to be more predictive, to try to anticipate what's going to happen. Right now, what I think is happening and where I see the transformation of the value proposal is to really move to be prescriptive. And this is where I see the cornerstone or the turning point of the emergence and the role of industrial AI all together in our industry. Ultimately, what I believe is what we have called automated in the past, so the idea of automation, will gradually move us to autonomy, being able to put some of elements of a factory, of a process, or improving performance in a more autonomous way, really like an autonomous system. It doesn't mean for me, and as I think this influences a lot the way solutions should be developed, it doesn't mean that we are looking at replacing human beings in those process and in those factories. It's really how do we create better partnerships between the machine and the people, which I think is a very core tenet of Industry 5.0 as it starts to emerge. Uh, this partnership between people and machine is very important. And when you think about one of the tagline of Rockwell Automation of enriching human possibilities, I think this is very related to that, is how do we create an industrial automation value proposal and set of capabilities stack that is about partnering with people to create value. So now let me get back to the pyramid and the five layers. I think a lot of those five layers, which I think are very relevant today, locate different types of solutions at different layers. They also tend historically to describe different types of players. This has flattened a lot because most of the significant players in the industry are not just operating as one of the layers, they are operating at the multiple level of all those layers at the same time. What I think is key is how do you unify, connect those different layers with the right information model? With are you able to get data and information flow across those systems? so that you can develop the actual scenario I was referring to in industrial AI. So a very strong pillar of the ability moving forward to deliver those best industrial AI-based solutions to customers is how not you look at industrial AI as something that is happening in one of the layers, and some people will even think that it could be at one of the more software cloud layer, but really how does this propagate across all the different layers of the architecture? It's AI at the level of the devices, the most lowest layer of the stack. It's AI at the level of control at the edge. 
what's fundamental difference between control and edge, by the way. It's really, of course, AI in software as a service offerings in the cloud, of course, but it's really how does this unify all those layers around the information model, not as independent layers of solutions that maybe connect together, sometimes thanks to, to open standard, hopefully, but how information flows across those layers so that you can develop the most impactful scenario leveraging industrial AI. So several key words in there. I like this idea of unification for the purpose of moving from descriptive to prescriptive or from automation to autonomy. It's what one might call a closed operations in a sense. You've opened a lot of good topics during that last question. Let me take one that kind of for a lot of people will feel like I'm wondering what's going on, right? We see the so-called hyperscalers. So think, you know, AWS, Azure, Google Cloud hiring a lot of deep domain leaders and building out what they're calling edge capabilities to extend their cloud reach. Some are launching things called manufacturing clouds, as an example. How does the change in the role of these traditional kind of OT solution leaders, or I guess another way, as they're emerging, how does it change the role of traditional OT solution leaders like Rockwell? So this is a question I get often, and this is, of course, the topic of many debates. I think if I will summarize the relationship between a company like Rockwell Automation and those hyperscalers is competitors sometimes or the perception of competition, but mostly partners. I think the opportunity a company like Rockwell Automation has to partners, for example, we partner with Microsoft and leverage uh, all the other stack in our solutions is they are packaging solutions without being negative. They are in a certain way commoditizing some elements of software so that they are easier to consume and they are easier to use, giving access to technologies that otherwise will be difficult to access because they package solutions that are easier to use or that they are delivered as managed as a service. For me, those are mostly opportunities. I think by partnering with those companies in the right way, you integrate those digital building blocks and you create better solutions. And the context of Rockwell Automation, I think Rockwell Automation is known to be really best in class in its approach to relationship with the ecosystem, to leveraging an ecosystem of partners of different size and scales over the years. The partnership between Rockwell Automation and Cisco, for example, is well known in the industry and has been running over years, uh, creating a lot of common value for those two companies. The story with Microsoft for me is the same. So Yes, and that's probably the nature of the, the digital environment. We speak a lot about competition. So boundaries between partnership and competition sometimes are blurry. And I think there is opportunities of partnership and there is an extremely strong relevance of a company like Rockwell Automation to deliver solutions to industrial players because we understand the space, we understand the personas, the users up to the level of the shop floor, what they do every day. What is a service engineer doing? What is the maintenance manager struggling about? And we have this proximity to those people and to those users because the extent of our ecosystem, the relationship with system integrators, this proximity to the shop floor or to the process is something that is a strong attribute of the value that Rockwell Automation delivers to customers. We understand what those people need. And by doing this and reinventing our business and your value proposal at the same time, we remain and we will remain very relevant in this industry while at the same time partnering with those hyperscalers I was referring to. 
Yeah, in some ways, it's indicative of the convergence of IT and OT. You said earlier, you know, IT and industrial automation. And certainly for decades, this area has been converging, but with a lot of the digital technologies and capabilities coming from the top floor, if you will, the shop floor element has certainly transformed as well. So you guys are clearly positioned in that spectrum. Speaking of partnering, you guys partnered with PTC back in 2018 and most recently acquired uh, Plex, which we find an interesting deal. So how are these moves positioning you to, quote unquote, as you guys like to say, enable the next generation of smart manufacturing? So I think those moves and those partnerships that we have in the space are the intersection of two important things. One element, which is really, I will call it being careful of the buzzword, really digital twin. So how do you bridge, design, operate, and maintain all together back to this information model? The, the information model is not just vertical in the sense going from the sensors up to ERP, but it's also horizontal in the sense interconnecting design system to operation system to maintenance systems all together. So that's one element, which implies a lot of software integration and being in that space and being extremely knowledgeable about that space in all of its dimension. And also creating a new, modern, smart manufacturing solutions. I think what is unique with Plex is that it's the first in the industry cloud-native MES or cloud-native manufacturing platform. In this notion of reinvention that I was mentioning earlier and the history of Plex, How they get there is also extremely interesting. I was speaking with the CTO of Plex last week about that. It's taking a space, a certain type of customers, a certain type of industry, and thinking, now how can we leverage the cloud in order to bring a different type of solution, a different type of MES or smart manufacturing platform to those customers, creating those new cloud-native capabilities and delivering this with a real, true, native software-as-a-service business model, a subscription, Because as I mentioned earlier, the value gets better over time. And because the value gets better over time, the customers are very happy to continue to subscribe, which force suppliers like us to continue to be relevant and permanently deliver more value. So this is where I see those different moves and in particular Plex. That's the context where we see it. And the dealing process with Plex is the acceleration of Rockwell automation in that direction. And it's not just bringing a solution, software, or cloud capabilities, but it's also bringing people, bringing the knowledge and the experience of the people that have done this from day one and reinforcing as a consequence the Rockwell Automation team. You know, I was lucky enough to be part of ThingWorks. So we had invested in them at the time, during the time they were acquired by PTC. And I saw the complete change in PTC from its traditional CAD CAM PLM SLM ALM business to one that became much more, I'll call it as a service subscription and well published in terms of the transformation that went on there in that organization. I can only imagine what that's going to do to a company that has deep of roots as Rockwell and certainly a positive thing in that regard. One of the things you said earlier that I was intrigued with is you introduced this idea of industrial AI and I believe said control is edge or the other way around. Let's talk a little bit about the role of edge computing, because a lot of people talk about that, and usually it's in this idea of OT. Arguably, OT has always been an edge business. I I cut my teeth on an Allen Bradley PLC, right? The ultimate edge, if you will. But how does this new edge focus complement this kind of, I'll call it heritage systems of industrial OT edge? Yeah, so when we speak about the edge, it's always a little bit weird, because where is the edge exactly? 
uh, I think IT players will probably see this at the edge of the network, or maybe they will see this where the influence stop and the influence of other starts. So the edge is a little bit everywhere. If you have a drive in a pumping application, the drive itself is the edge in some way. Control, for me, control is the edge. I don't see a fundamental difference between the edge and control. That's the comment I made earlier. And the edge is not a gateway. It's certainly not a gateway. There are applications where you need to create maybe smart gateways to integrate lower layers in the solution. But for me, control is the edge. That, that's the fundamental idea. And as a consequence, we have the opportunity in the context of a company like Rockwell Automation to reinvent control at the edge, to really reinvent this part of the value proposal. There are very interesting offers that have been developed by Rockwell Automation in that regard. I think many years ago, in a different context, I was intrigued by Logix AI that was developed by Rockwell Automation, which was one of the first solutions visible on the market of bringing industrial AI in control and at the edge. And I think this will continue. And when I was mentioning this evolution from automated to autonomous, where is the best place to do this than in control and as a consequence at the edge? When you have, like in autonomous vehicles, in other industries, where AI is happening to drive the autonomy of the vehicle is at the edge processor, at this unit that is inside the car. It's not happening in the cloud. It's really happening at the edge. So when I was mentioning the importance of industrial AI and how it is transformative for the industry in terms of the ability to create new value for customers, it's really the control and the edge is for me another critical element to have this successful. It's not going to happen just in the cloud. Reinventing control, and I think Rockwell Automation has a very strong legitimacy in that space and its ability to have a best-in-class control architecture and solution with logics, this is where it's happening. This is where this transformation is happening. And this is where, for me, a very big pillar of this movement from automated to autonomous is going to happen. We participated in a edge orchestration event not too long ago, and in a panel discussion, somebody referred to really a full stack edge system as instead of an edge continuum. The idea that you will you know have start with collection of data at the edge, uh, move up to processing that data, make some decisions based on it, based on probably heuristics you might have developed in a cloud application, and then ultimately pass down either the programming or the result of that, you know, back down to the edge processor in some sense. And this idea that all of that could be amorphous, i.e. those algorithms stay at the end, they're influenced by what you have in the cloud, or they, you know, for larger algorithms like pattern matching, you might actually do that, you know, somewhere in the middle to the cloud. So it's interesting, you mentioned unified and this idea of this kind of the pyramid model. If you lay that unification over that pyramid model, you effectively bring up this idea of the edge continuum, which I think is very fitting to what you've just described and being able to deploy intelligence all the way to the edge. Probably maybe a little bit of an orthogonal question. I would love to go deeper on this edge topic, but I want to give you a chance to talk a little more broadly about your own platform. You said earlier, outside-in innovation. And so give me a sense, how do you leverage the innovation ecosystem, both inside Rockwell, but also outside your organization? So think like venturing investments, M&A. Yeah, so when I mentioned my personal journey at the beginning of this discussion, I have been associated to a lot of activities over my career. 
acquiring company, integrating companies, so balancing organic innovations with inorganic activities, partnering with startup. I love partnering with startup, not partnering with startup in the sense uh, preparing the acquisition of those startups, but really working with people that exclusively focus on reinventing one segment of an industry, one part, because this is what a startup is doing. It's being very focused on some specific area and driving this reinvention. Rockwell Automation has a strong history of working with an ecosystem, not trying to do everything alone, extending this. I think this applies very well to Rockwell Automation. Rockwell Automation is willing to partner with startups. What I think those conversations with startups in different types of venturing activities and investments that we have done over the years is a lot about reinforcing our value proposal and our solutions with innovative solutions and technology coming from those startups. It's learning from those conversations. It goes both ways, startup learning, Rockwell Automation learning. And also something that is very interesting and that we need to acknowledge is that those startups are also speaking with our customers. And I love to understand what are they speaking about with our customers and what can we learn from those conversations to drive our own innovation capabilities. So that's, for me, the spectrum of the interest I see in a partnering with your startup ecosystem, which for me is, is fundamental to drive a successful innovation strategy. Yeah, we would fully agree, and which is why one part of our business is focuses on large companies like Rockwell and helping them really accelerate both, you know, the people and their services. The other side is investing in young companies. It's almost like one foot, if you will, in that disruption and one foot in in the scale of the market, right? So it's yep. an interesting place to be, and I know why you've enjoyed that so well. In closing, I always like to ask the question, Sarah, where do you find your personal inspiration? That's an interesting question. <laughs> I really read a lot. I'm very curious about learning new things continuously, even in areas that are very different to what I do traditionally. I think two years ago, I was very curious about the evolution of the financial sector as there was more and more things on the market, discussions on the fintech sector. So I took a course at Oxford on fintech innovation to learn more and understand the future of payments, the future of currencies and new things. So I tend to learn that way, to take classes on things where I want to explore further. I really read a lot. Of course, I read things about my industry where I'm in. I like to read things beyond my own business and bring back this knowledge. And I read books, let's say I will categorize that I read three types of books. I read books about history. I like to learn from history. How did we get there in whatever the context, not just the industry? I love to read books about people, unique stories of unique individuals that have had a huge impact on an industry. And I like to read, I have always been an avid reader of science fiction books because it's really about defining another possible. And in some extent, in many activities, you things that were in science fiction books 50 years ago are more of a reality today. So those are my source of inspiration. But really, it's really for me about being curious. When I end up in a conversation with somebody, whether it is inside Rockwell Automation or outside, and they speak about something that is not clear to me, I ask more questions because I also learn with people. I love to spend time in R&D labs, sitting with engineers, having them explaining me in detail the solutions that they are developing and not hesitating to ask questions, acknowledging sometimes my lack of knowledge or even ignorance and learning from the people that are experts on the topic. And, you know, it's often been said that innovation really happens in the Venn, as example, the Venn diagram, right? Intersection of disciplines, sectors and cultures. I think you've just demonstrated very well 
the value and the power of that, you know, observing for patterns in other domains and applying them in. Cyril, thank you for sharing these great insights with us today. Thank you, Ken. Thanks very much for having me today and looking forward to continue the conversation in one form or another. Oh, fully agreed. You left us with so many great hooks. I would love to check in, you know, after a little time to really get a sense of how you're moving the company forward, especially around this edge. So this has been Cyril Pertike, Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of Rockwell Automation and Lifelong Digital Industry Transformation Leader. Thank you for listening and please join us next week for our next Momenta Digital Thread podcast. Thank you and have a great day. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion. And as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Please check our website at momenta.one for archive versions of podcasts, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening.